everyone, and welcome to Angel Talk, Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the Executive Director of Raise for Rowan. We are the organization that assists families suffering through the loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. I am joined by, as always, the angel mom herself. Say hello to the people, Bryn. Hello, everyone. Hi, Philip. How's it going? Going good. How, how, how do you feel about phase two? I'm happy because we just got to go have lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the first time in months at a yeah, restaurant. Yeah, I mean, I felt I felt like normal, like a human. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. I'm yeah. relieved. Yeah. I'm ready to move forward. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with I'm okay with uh, restaurants in phase two. Yeah, and just just have at it. Nail salons, hair salons. Yeah, that's right. You get I'll to open. It. You get to open up your business again. Yeah. You're very excited about I'm that. I'm ready. Yes, I miss my clients and. Yeah. I'm ready to go back to work. Yeah, this is very cool. Uh, we're I'm I'm personally very hopeful for uh, for being able to be out and about. Um, I know that my son is ready to also be out and about. So yeah, very excited to uh, to be able to talk to folks here in phase two of everything. So um, we are finishing up our five stages of grief. Uh, fi- finishing up. With the five stages. Again, we have the sixth stage next week with a really delightful interview um, with Heidi Murray on the sixth stage of grief, which is finding the meaning. That was pre-recorded a while back, and we will be releasing that next week. It's a really, really lovely podcast. But for the time being, we're wrapping up with the five stages of grief that came from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's book, on Death and Dying, in ni- as she wrote that in 1969. The fifth stage of this entire uh, this entire uh, stage of grieving is acceptance. Um, so that so the folks know, acceptance is not you necessarily saying, "Oh, well, you know, it's okay that my loved one passed away." It is not a stage that you go, "Oh, well, this is great." It is more that you've accepted your reality. Uh, your emotions do begin to stabilize. You begin to re-enter reality. I think that's a theme, even up to this point, Bryn, that that we've even kind of hit on a few times. Mm-hmm. Like you get to a certain point where you can re-enter what 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 did feel a little bit normal, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, so that's something we'll talk a little bit about today. You do come to to terms with your new reality. Um, you uh, you you know kind of realize that it. It, it's, this is what you're living in now. It's, as I said, not classified. This stage doesn't have to be classified as a good thing. Yeah. It's not good. It just is what it is. Yeah. You, are, you are now accepting your new reality. It does give you an opportunity to get back some of the things that maybe you lost a grip on in your grief. Um, there are good days and bad days. Uh, and then there are good days again after those bad days. So it is, it is kind of, um, one of those one of those times where you're learning to live with the new feelings you have. Um, in this stage, it does not mean, and we have talked about this uh, with you, Bryn, this does not mean that you have no bad days. Right. Right? You still have them. And we've talked mm-hmm. about that at length. The di- different times, these sort of feelings still sneak up on you. But it's not uncontrollable and overwhelming the way it may have been in other stages. Mm-hmm. Um, the good days do also tend to outnumber the bad days. And you... While you understand that your loved one can never be replaced, you do move, you grow, you evolve within your new reality. And that is basically what the stage of acceptance is. So as with each one of these stages, what we're doing is we're kind of talking to Bryn about her experience within these stages. Yeah. Um, so are you okay? You ready for some questions? Of course. All yeah. right. Sounds good. So uh, the first question is more about 
timing and actually I kind of wanted to dive into whether you it felt like it was a conscious change or just a slow subconscious change. So when did you start to feel like you were accepting sort of this new reality that that Rowan perhaps wasn't in your life? Yeah, um, I can definitely say that I think acceptance comes in bits and pieces. I don't think it just happens overnight. And I, uh, for me personally, I know it just came very slowly over time. Um, you know, you're in such a fog for so long. And I think, you know, you might have bits of acceptance that might hit you where it finally starts to feel real. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good feeling when you're it's right. like, well, this is real. But right. at the same time... When you're a parent that's watched your child be buried and you attend their feel, their funeral, mm-hmm. it's real. Yeah. But accepting that is where it's like, I mean, you can go years and years and years before you're going to accept right. that that is my reality. Right. And so I did go a lot of years where, you know, it felt real, but I'm not going to accept that this is my outcome and I'm not going to accept that I'm not, you know, going to hold my daughter anymore. Yeah. And, you know, and that goes through all the other phases we already went through. But I think when I started to... Um, I guess, acknowledge the reality of it, that even though it isn't nice, I had to start accepting, like to move Mm. forward. You have to start accepting that this is real and that gives you a chance to move forward. I think it's easy to get hung up on like the trauma of the loss. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think finding acceptance was believing and feeling and knowing that Rowan wasn't scared and that she didn't suffer. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that helped me move forward, but it was years. And that was after therapy praying. That was me talking to Rowan all the time. Like I just knew she could hear me. And I believed from the feelings I would get or the signs she would send me like sissy signs that I I really did feel in my heart that she felt no pain and she was not afraid. Mm. And that helped me move forward with the acceptance that it just made me change my perspective, I Mm -hmm. guess, on things. Because when you're really focused on my daughter's not here, but she suffered and she's in a lot of pain or, you know, she's not happy where she is right now those are things that hold you back and you're in right. when you're trying to grieve and move forward, which yeah. we all get hung up on those things and that's totally normal. But when I finally got past that, it, it really helped me move into the acceptance phase yeah. and things started to get easier. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the other five stages are pretty clear. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, almost the feeling that you get with those stages are literally in their description. So there's anger yeah, and there's bargaining, which has a sense of desperation to it. There's depression, which everybody kind of knows what that looks and feels like. But acceptance sometimes can take different forms. Um, How did it feel for you to finally get to a stage where you were beginning to accept your new reality? Again, it feel you feel a little um, unsure. It's a foreign concept. Mm -hmm. You've never had to like move forward from the loss of a child before or the loss of a loved one before. And you might be stuck in your anger, depression, um, negative thoughts for so long that I think it becomes a foreign reality to like feel happiness again. Yeah. It's almost easier to stay put. Yeah. Um, and then again, like you feel guilty if you start to feel happy for too long. Right. That was my other question. So did you feel guilt that came along in this stage? Yeah. I mean, all the time. It's like anytime I would get like joyful feelings again, or I would actually have a good day, after Rowan passed, I felt terrible. Like, Mm. I didn't want her to think I was dismissing my grief. Like, if I wasn't having a bad day every day mourning for her and I was having a good day, I almost felt guilty. Like, I hope she doesn't think that... I'm forgetting her. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And so, 
I mean, I think that that is also a, a healthy and a normal feeling to go through. Um, but again, I think you are so consumed with the sadness and the negativity revolving around your loss that moving forward is just unknown. So yeah. then when you do start to have those good days, it's like, oh, that's foreign to me now. Right, right. Like, oh, I, I just better stay stuck in my little negative shell. Yeah. Um, but I think when you start to get those positive feelings, it's a, it's a transition, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a healthy transition. So again, the more I was starting to accept my reality and that Rowan was in a happy place and we still could have a relationship, even though she's not here in the physical world, I still feel so connected to her and I still feel such a deep relationship. Mm-hmm. And those were things that helped me accept the reality yeah. and move forward where I started having better and better days. Yeah. So. It sounds like, cause a few weeks ago we did the sissy sign episode Yeah, and we've talked obviously at length about sissy signs. Yes. It sounds like when you, cause you've talked a lot about how people should embrace those signs mm-hmm. in their own lives. Um, it sounds like when it seems like they coincided, your acceptance, your better acceptance of your situation also seemed to coincide with you really embracing sissy signs as a concept because you yeah. felt like you were now open to Rowan actually speaking to you. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's what kept me going mm. because it's like I just knew there was still a connection there and yeah. I never had to go without feeling like she still wasn't present with me yeah. in spirit and in my heart because. Uh, even on my hardest days, I feel like that's when she was more present where she would send me little sissy signs, a feather or, you know, a yeah. butterfly or this beautiful double rainbow over the house or, yeah. you know, whatever it was that was like really impactful to me at that moment. Mm-hmm. I felt my strong connection with her. And that really helped me in my dark times, you know, yeah. where you had something to look forward to. And I felt like it was her way of saying like, mom, I'm okay. And I'm happy if you're happy. Yeah. Another reason why people should really embrace that stuff. Totally. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And uh, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast, you know that we have been doing Rays of Light these uh, last weeks, actually months now, um, since we've been in quarantine and, and there's been a lot of bad news uh, kind of on the TV or troubling news. And it ha- it's been a tougher one over these last uh, over these last couple of weeks, um, even tougher than I think when we first started. So we need sort of rays of light more than we ever have before. And so, Bryn, do you have a ray of light? I do. This one cracked me up so much. I just I had to share it. <laughs> yeah. It's a Detroit priest. He went viral for blessing his churchgoers with a squirt gun filled with his holy water. <laughs> that is awesome. Father Tim Pelk had a creative solution for blessing his churchgoers after the social distancing act was in effect. Mm-hmm. Um, he still wanted to hold service, and you can't double dip into the holy water container. Yeah. So his solution was to be in the church parking lot. He wore a shield, mask, and gloves. And as the churchgoers <laughs> drove by in their car yeah. for a spritz of holy water, that's, he would give them a squirt. That's fantastic. And I even saw pictures, and I just thought he was the cutest <laughs> little priest with his awesome. mask and his squirt gun. That's I mean. I just thought he was too cute. <laughs> That's fantastic. I loved way to, it. Way to get, way to use some ingenuity there. Yes. So mine comes from uh, 
California, and it is a gentleman named C.C. Yin. He's 83. He moved to the United States with just $100 in his pocket from China. So he's a Chinese immigrant. And he opened a McDonald's, and then he opened another and another and another, and he ended up opening 30 different McDonald's branches after having just 100 bucks in his pocket. This weekend, he went out. Um, he's since, of course, become a fairly successful entrepreneur. This weekend, he went out, bought millions of that uh, PPE, which is the uh, which is the prote- personal protective equipment, mm-hmm. and donated it to frontline workers oh, all over nice. the country. So really neat Great. one. And then the other one I had was an adorable uh, 103-year-old grandma. Uh, she is um, she's quoted as being feisty. That's what that's what the description by the uh, nurses are of her. Um, that's cute. Yeah, her name was Jenny Stejna. She's a feisty Polish grandmother. I love from uh, Easton, Massachusetts. She's 103 and she uh, survived coronavirus. And the first thing she did was crack open a Bud Light. <laughs> and we should be friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a cute lady. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. She I, deserves a beer after all that. Right. Yeah. I personally love the. Uh, I personally love the COVID survivor stories. Yeah, that's great. I think those are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's been this week's Rays of Light. Uh, so we're going to continue the the Rowan's Rays of Light, I think, for the foreseeable future, even though we're starting to reopen a little bit, because obviously uh, folks who are listening to this uh, have seen some of the events that have unfolded over the last uh, couple weeks. And I think that we need to continue having some positive and uplifting news for, for everybody around the country because we still live in pretty heavy times. So we're going to mm-hmm. keep doing that sort of stuff for everybody. Um, kind of giving back to the questions, though, what started getting you into this stage? Because the other ones, it's pretty, you know, you're kind of taking an organic approach. What was it that got you finally to accepting your new reality? Well, again, I don't think it just happens overnight. Mm -hmm. I think um, even when you're, I guess, considering yourself like in the acceptance phase of grief, I think you still can backtrack really easily. So, um, you know, there's still times where, you know, you might take a step backward, but then maybe next time you can take 10 steps forward. But Mm. Um, I think really just changing my mindset, I guess, was what started helping me move forward. And really, yeah, once you start accepting that, like, this is my new reality, this is my life, Rowan's happy, she would want nothing more than me to be happy, it helped me move forward. But um, after reading uh, David Kessler's book, he actually hosts, uh, like, conferences and meetings with parents that have lost a child. And he said one thing that really helps in his classes is he says, I cannot take away your pain. It's not my place to do that. Your pain is yours. It's my part. It's part of the love you feel. What I can do, however, is let you know that if you look for meaning, your pain will change. Your suffering will end. Mm. So like we talk about next week, we are going to talk about finding meaning in your loss. But finding meaning really does help you move forward. And it's the sixth stage of grief that we you know, don't really ever talk about. But right. when I started accepting and finding that meaning of what Rowan's purpose was here on earth and what my new purpose was as a mother who have lo- who's lost, um, it really helps you put yourself in a better place. Yeah. Not that that pain will ever go away. That pain will always live inside of you, but mm-hmm. it's different. Yeah. Um, and don't let your past dictate your future. Um, we, we can all move forward yeah. and make positive changes from what we've endured and we all have our own story to share. So 
I've just chose to share my story with you all because I hope that I can make a difference for somebody. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, just a reminder to folks, uh, the book that Bryn is referring to is uh, the book called Finding Meaning by David Kessler. We talked pretty extensively yes. about it next week, but it was a book that you stumbled onto after actually mm-hmm. interacting with Heidi. Yes. Uh, Rowan with an A's uh, angel mom. Yes. Yeah. So you'll meet her next week. Uh, my dear friend Heidi, she's our angel mom that we will feature next week. She's shared this book with me, Finding Meaning. And even five years later in my grief journey, after I read that, it was mm-hmm. so eye-opening. Yeah. And it was like, it taught me a lot. A lot yeah. about myself, a lot about explaining the feelings I was feeling that you can't really put your finger down on because it's like so foreign and unnatural to experience the loss of a child that... You know, a lot of people just feel confused. Yeah. And I know I have yeah. a lot throughout my journey. You don't even know how to comprehend the feelings you feel because it's so much at once. But right. this book was pretty dang powerful for me. So I can highly recommend it to anybody that's lost anybody in your life. If you're going through grief in any shape, way, or form, it is a great book to read. But um, I've learned a lot from my from it myself. Yeah. So yeah. I highly all recommend these years it. Later. All these years later. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, you have to get okay with moving forward. Mm-hmm. And it's all at your own pace. If you're not ready after three years, four years, five years, or even if you're ready after six months, there is nobody that should be judging you for your path and right. your journey. Absolutely. So unfortunately, you have to feel all of the phases mm-hmm. and none of them are fun. Yes. But when you get to a place where you can find meaning and you can find that acceptance, um, the good days start outweighing the bad there you and, go. It, and it can just get better and better and better. Uh, this is probably a, a question that goes without saying, but how important do you think it is to get to a stage of acceptance uh, for your angels passing? Well, I mean, I think it's crucial. I mean, you can't live in that dark, dark hole forever. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately I think some people do. They, it seems like there are yeah. folks who fight it a little bit. Yeah. We even fight to get to acceptance. Well, and it's, it is so hard. Like I said, it's, it's easier, I think, to stay consumed in your grief mm. than it is to move forward. Like, yeah. you really have to dig down deep and, like, try every minute of every day to stay positive. And, and it is not easy. Yeah. I mean, there were so many days that I just wanted to sit in my bed and be angry or bitter or upset or cry. And I didn't want to get up and face the world, and I didn't want to put on a happy face. Yeah. And, and I think that's fine. That's part of the grieving that you will go through. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have days like that, do them. Yeah. But... Do you want to be like that forever? Right. Like, is that the life you want to live forever? Yeah. I I had to make that conscious decision that, no, I don't. Yeah. I want to feel normal again. I want to feel somewhat like myself and find a new me. And that's what I've been doing and trying to share along the way of really uh, finding a new version of myself. Because you'll never go back to the old, you know, I'll never be the old burden that I was before I lost my daughter. Yeah. I mean, it changes you. Grief changes you. Child loss changes you. Trauma changes you. And we, again, all have our own journey that we're on. But I think finding the new version of myself, um, I have a lot of things that I like better. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm I'm more patient with people. I'm more humble. I think, you know, my faith is stronger. And I'm kinder. And I appreciate the simple things in life now. Um, So I think pain can also help grow your spirit. Isn't that so interesting? Because that is something uh, I don't want to step on next week's podcast, but that's some Heidi reveals something about the meaning in her own angels passing. that is really, really deep. 
Yes. And, and we cry. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> and um, it's almost one of those, the kind of things she talks about, she wouldn't have gotten to this very deep um, connection or deep realization had she not had her angel pass. Yeah. And so isn't it interesting to, I, I find that really interesting that there are some things that you self-improve mm -hmm. after the passing that maybe actually make you maybe a more evolved person. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Plan. When you're growing from something like this, you're definitely evolving, mm -hmm. you know, in in all aspects of your life. And yeah. again, it's okay to go through the deep, dark places because you're going to have to to get stronger on the other side. Yeah. But just know that there is still a light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Keep going and fight the fight. You don't want to give up because there is life again. And you know your angel would not want to see you just give up yeah. and live like that forever in sadness. How important do you think a role Raise for Rowan played in your acceptance? You created this nonprofit basically to 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 do good in her name. Mm -hmm. How important do you think the organization was to helping you get to a place of acceptance? Well, I think, again, it was it's all been a part of my journey personally. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's helped me at times, and I think it's— Oh, really? You think it's also actually— Maybe slowed down some progress too. Yeah, I think it's been uh, a roller coaster of, yeah. of both. There's been times throughout my grief journey where it's been um, very helpful, and then there's been times where I do feel like I needed to step back mm. because it might have been too much, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So, but all in all, I think it's been really a beautiful, beautiful tribute because. Even if I do take a step back, I look at all the families that I feel my daughter has contributed to, to help mm -hmm. in their darkest yeah, times. It's pretty and cool. um, I feel pretty, uh, I guess, humbled and blessed and happy to like carry on her powerful life of just being here 17 months. Like I want people to know about Rowan. You know, way after I'm here, yeah. like I don't, I, I want my kids to maybe be volunteering at Race for yeah. Rowan, you know, when they grow up and they're teenagers and they can do this in their honor of their sister. And mm -hmm. it's cute because I even hear my kids talk like that sometimes. Like yeah. uh, my daughter said the other day that she wanted to work at Race for Rowan one day and I laughed, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, yeah. well, that's really cool. You know, if yeah. like they do want to do that in honor of their sister, I mean, it's kind of therapeutic, you know, it's absolutely, it's a, it's I could a way imagine, to honor. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it, it has helped, I think, in every phase of the grief journey. You know, this has definitely been a really powerful way to feel connected to her and, I guess, have a huge support system, even for myself, when it right. comes to connecting with these other families that have lost a child. It's been really amazing um, to meet them and to have the support yeah. from them yeah. after. So more more good days than bad, obviously. Of course, yeah. 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 yeah, but that is interesting to hear that there are even some challenges that came out of that. Oh, for sure. That were I, pretty tough. I think there always is. No matter what your, what your profession is, I think when you're really deep in your grief, there's sometimes you just don't want to work, period. Yeah. Even if you're doing something you really love, you right. know? And I do really love this, but there was times where I'm like, I can't even handle my own grief, let alone yeah. sometimes handle other people's. Right. Um, and that was a decision I've had to continue to make at different times throughout my grief journey where I'm like, can I still handle this? Mm -hmm. You know, and I've, I really do feel like this is God's way. And this was part of Rowan's sole purpose. Yeah. And that is what's kept me doing it. And I just feel like without a doubt, it's always opened door after door after door and it's came really organically. And I just feel like this is what part of Rowan's sole purpose was. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, that is great. And it leads perfectly into 
next week's podcast, which will wrap up this entire set of stages, the uh, the meaning stage. We have Heidi coming on t- uh, next week. It is a, an extended episode next week. It goes about 45, 50 minutes. It's an emotional roller coaster, especially for the two that are being interviewed. Oh, um, gosh, yeah. <laughs> but Heidi's so much fun. So there's yeah. a lot of funny and yeah, quirky. I just love her so much. So tune in next week. She's yeah. really great. It's, and, and we encourage you to tune in next week because I really feel like what next week does is wrap all of what we've been talking about over the last week into a package. Mm-hmm. I feel like the five stages are nothing unless you can get to that sixth stage where you're attempting to do something in the honor of your angel or or really search your life for the meaning um, because it really, basically when you hear it next week, you'll get a sense of like how important it is to try and find something meaningful yeah. in all of it. So that's a key component to the rest of the five stages we've talked about up to this point. We also, in the future, after next week, we will have a few fun podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, we're not just going to go all heavy. We're going to have some really, really fun ones where we are interviewing staff and we're interviewing board members and we're interviewing uh, significant people around Race for Rowan and just basically asking them a series of questions. Get to know RFR. That's what they'll be called. So we'll have a few of those sporadically through then. So make sure you, you tune into that. Also... Uh, Bryn has created an Angel Talk Instagram. So, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so we should really hype that up. What is what is our Instagram? Is it a handle? Is that what they call? Is that what the kids call it? <laughs> I think it's just Angel Talk. Oh, okay. Hold hold on, folks. Let me check what our handle is. Yeah. I don't well, think it's called a handle. Is it not? Is it not a handle? I don't know. All right. Well. Okay. Angel Talk Podcast. It's called at Angel Talk Podcast. Yep. Okay, so if you if you are a follower of Race for Rowan's Instagram page, then you should also follow the Angel Talk Podcast. We're going to be releasing information. Bryn will, Bryn will release any blog content that she has associated with uh, the weekly podcast onto that Instagram, and you can you can click into those links from there. So there uh, will be a lot of uh, extra content on the Angel Talk Podcast Instagram page. As for the upcoming event that we have, the Run for Rowan, that will be uh, next week, Father's Day uh, weekend, or excuse me, a couple weeks from now, Father's Day weekend is going to be super fun. And usually this is an in-person event where we have somewhere in the neighborhood, you said like 700 folks come out? Yeah, we've had anywhere from 600 to uh-huh. over 1,000, so yeah. it varies a little bit year to year, but... We've always had a great turnout. Yeah, it's obviously a little bit different this year. Mm-hmm. We are doing it virtually. We're inviting our our stakeholders and our and our supporters to go out with your fa- register for twenty five bucks, get a shirt, go out with your family, time your time your own run, and then upload your time and your pictures. Top finishers in each of the different categories we have will get a medal, and we will even do a little ceremony the day after Father's Day. Can't wait. Yeah, so we really encourage you to to be a part of that, and, and if you have supported us in the past with the run, be awesome to have you support us with the virtual yeah. run. Um, other than that, we are kind of just steaming ahead. We want to, again, thank all of our supporters during these last couple months when we were really sheltered in place. You stuck by us especially with the dinner and auction, which was a fantastic night. And we are really looking forward to being able to maintain operations through this year and and hopefully achieve some of those goals of of growing and help more families in the years to come. So anyway, thank you everybody for listening to the five stages of grief. Next week will be the sixth and then we're off and running with some fun content. Other than that, we will see you later. See you later.